what I'm going to do this weekend. And, and I am so baffled at what I've what I've just come across. Well, fill now's in the rest of the class. As, yeah, now's as good a time as any to send that link, Kyle, because welcome to episode 61 of Off the Crossbar, a Ray Salt Lake podcast. Hello. Dude, I, <laughs> what? I realize, uh, Trevor, I didn't give you time to go get coffee. No, see, here's the thing. Um, I was going to say this before was... we started recording, but... He doesn't recording. need coffee today. No, I did get coffee. That's why I'm late. I keep forgetting to, like, prepare coffee until, like, two minutes before we're supposed to start recording. Mm-hmm. And my coffee machine lately has just taken forever to, like, make coffee. I just need to clean it, I think. You should do that. Don't like, tell Lucas to use a coffee machine. It's a You'll drip coffee machine. Dishonest. It is uh, by Mr. Coffee. It has a timer and oh. a delay brew, so I can set stuff in there the night before and tell it to start brewing at 6 a.m. Oh. You're supposed to grind your beans fresh. Yeah, Don't tell me you're, you're using pre-ground coffee, Trevor. I only <gasps> ever buy pre-ground coffee. Oh, my That's not God. true. I did buy uh, whole bean coffee one the- time. Yeah, but that was because I didn't accident. look. Yeah, I didn't look carefully enough at it. <laughs> <laughs> I got yeah, home see, and I was like, "Oh no, I guess I got to buy a grinder now." And then I saw how much <laughs> grinders cost, and I was like, "Yeah, eh, no, I'll just you, you not get, use you this get a hand grinder for actually pretty cheap." But yeah, I know. Yeah. But I don't. I don't want to. Like, if I'm making coffee in the morning, I'm not. This man's this man's a utilitarian. He's not out here. <laughs> he's not, not in here for the art of it. It's like, seven dollar coffees, and he's simply yeah. using coffee as a vehicle in order to get caffeine into his body. It's not even that. Work. It's just like it a hot that. beverage. It, it's comfort food at this point. Hot oh, drink. That, yeah, that's fair. I, I hey man, I get it. I uh, it's, I I probably haven't talked about my my uh, my coffee journey in a while. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, let's, uh, let's do it. The only thing is that I just still don't, I still don't, I, I don't drink coffee. <laughs> you, but, you don't drink um, coffee. That's, that's where you're at I'll on get, your coffee journey I'll still. Get decaf <laughs> every, every once in a while. Like some, some local shops have good decaf that I like and I'll get like a, a latte and it sounds good or Americano and it sounds, when it sounds good. But one, I don't like iced coffee also. So, um, I think it's, I think it's bad most of the time. Um, what about cold brew? I generally don't. Like I don't think people do decaf cold brew. I used to drink it, but I, I, I did get brew. caffeine poisoning from a cold brew once. Oh wow! Um, led to the most anxiety-ridden plane ride home of my life, in which I basically just had to drug myself with Dramamine in order to get back from LA, which where I was where I was for a single day for a stupid work thing like years ago. Um, but no, I uh, I just. I, Sometimes I will think like I straight up don't have caffeine like almost at all. And I'm to the point where I've had such so like little caffeine, even if I have just like a like Dr. Pepper, I get like jittery. And it's pretty embarrassing at this point for someone who used to drink like a ton of coffee. I mean, that's probably better for you, though. I think so, but I'm not positive. I kind of would like to skip back to the point where I had uh, full tolerance again, but I did when I was in Jackson a couple weekends ago, a couple weekends. Yeah. I, whenever I was in Jackson and Idaho and Wyoming and all that, um, I did get a caffeinated normal latte from, from cowboy coffee in Jackson. And it was incredible. It was called the, uh, 
Um, let me look at the menu. Real Is it like fast. one of their like specialty like? <laughs> yeah, and I normally flavors. Yeah, and I'm drinks. not like a specialty coffee person or drink person. Like I just like. I like the taste of coffee generally and I like to see like there are some places that I just think have bad coffee. So like I would maybe be more inclined to get one um, because I want to mask the flavor of their coffee because it can be bad. But there's this. Oh, do they not have it on here? I look at their menu online. I don't see it. But it essentially. um, It was called I can't remember what it was called, but it was it was made with a. uh Oh, it was it was like a spice it was a cayenne espresso so it was it was a spicy espresso mm-hmm. with honey and cinnamon in it as well and then right. i with almond milk and it was fantastic it was so delicious it was like a, it was just a spicy latte and it was it was fantastic um and i'm because I, I like like mexican hot chocolate like i i was a big fan of that so this was like the coffee version it was delicious and then I just felt so awful that night upon my crash of caffeine. And I was like, I don't know why I let myself do this. You just have to drink more caffeine after you start crashing from caffeine. It's how it works. It's like, <laughs> it's kind of like a hangover. I feel like I'm dying. Like I'm like, if you just why keep do I, drinking alcohol, the hangover will never catch up to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's that. But I was just like, why do I, I don't know why I do this. And like the last time I did this, I like tweeted about it. And one of my friends was like, dude, last time I had like a shot of espresso, it was, I thought I was my, I was going to collapse and die by the end of the day. Like I, it was, I was like that. I felt that sick. And I was like, dude, that's how I felt then. And that's how I felt this other day. I was like, why do I continue to do this? But anyway, so I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, At most I might have like an Earl Grey tea, but even that I'm like, I'm staying away from. So um, but decaf's great though. Like, uh, I know it's not 100% stripped of caffeine, but generally, um, it is, but I think we might as well go to social hour and I'll show you guys what I, um, I was looking at. Hold on. This is going to confuse Lucas in the chat, but please click on that link. <laughs> well, for better Ooh. or worse, caffeine doesn't really affect me. That's why like, it's 7.30 and I'm drinking what will be the yeah. first of probably two or three cups of coffee tonight. Yeah, I used to do that. It was great. And I love the taste of coffee. So what are you drinking, I, Kyle? Oh, this is a uh, AHA sparkling oh, water. Yeah, those are good. Um, you know, another drink I found mm. recently that I probably have the can for. Is a, mm. um, <laughs> you know, you know, when you go to the grocery store. Yes. <laughs> I do know that. <laughs> I'm just I'm just helping Lucas one sec. <laughs> so this link you posted says, "Okay, wait. This okay, is I'll, a boutique hotel." Yes, I'll get to that in one moment. So okay. this is a drink that I've also. You know, when you go to the the drink store at a at a the drink aisle at a grocery store. Every time and, you go to a grocery store, first and stop, you see a bunch of like weird like waters and sodas. Yeah, yeah, certain, I, like, I know the weird one. Yeah, you know this stuff? I haven't tried it, but yeah. Yeah, Olipop? so when people wonder who buys those, it's usually me. Like, I drink, I buy, like, expensive collagen water sometimes. Like, just, I'm yeah. like, oh, that looks kind of weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> me too. So this is an o- Olipop, and uh, it's like a sparkling tonic with, like, a ton of digestive fiber in it. Like, 36% of your daily value of digestive fibers in this thing. They're like two for four bucks. And again, this is like a 12 ounce can. This one's the cola one. I didn't 
it, it, it was fine. The lemon ginger one was better. And um, yeah, it was that you know, sound, like all of that sounds awful. Oh, this this one has green tea in it. So I, I yep. actually accidentally had caffeine today. So that's cool. Nothing Just about after that, that sounds appealing to me. Sorry. What about if it has listen to what's in it? Purified water. Holy smart. Chicory root, Jerusalem artichoke, kudzu rule, cassava fiber, cassava syrup, marshmallow rule, slippery elm bark, nopal cactus, calendula flower, apple juice, lime juice, organic cola flavor, extract, stevia, pink rock salt, cassia cinnamon, dairy free caramel essence, vanilla bean essence, alpha <laughs> jungle root, green tea caffeine. So I didn't know this one had caffeine, so I'll probably have another uh, dairy free caramel essence dude for us people who don't <laughs> eat dairy that's that's very that's very useful anyway those are so all drinking some of those drinks and they're pretty good like um, i'm so feeling like a boomer link. for a second that sounds so dumb it was good anyway. i have to go out and get one so i can try it where did you yeah. where'd you get that from that one the one like the two i got today were from Harmons. i got okay. another one at smith's marketplace last night in my which head i was guessing had. either Harmons or whole foods smith's smith's has like the one by um one by me had like a strawberry cream flavor that was really good that i had yesterday mm. but um anyway the thing i sent you guys is because i was looking at airbnb just like oh i wonder what's available on labor day weekend i guess and I was just looking in Park City and this $7,000 a night option showed up and it's called the Chateau Opre Lodge. And what I can only presume is your ability to rent the entire hotel, I think, because <laughs> it says 32 rooms. And it says this bona fide, bona fide family run Alpine style lodge is located near Park City Mountain Resort bedecked with christmas lights outside and an open fire roaring inside a warm welcome by day becomes a winter wonderland after dark hmm. and it appears you're it says you are reserving a room but it does say 32 rooms and why would a single room be seven thousand dollars because I mean, it's it seemed like to get around. because it's park city on labor day do you no. guys want to do a live there, episode there the, absolutely to go not me like calling this a boutique hotel is literally just saying they didn't want to update the interior of these rooms. Because if you look at these rooms, <laughs> yeah, these are not. They're pretty rough. Like these I'm are ones you put your employees in because you just need to put your employees in one yeah, of the rooms. And what I'm saying is like you there's like other stuff available this weekend on Park City Main Street for like not nearly like there's you can go to the Marriott. I was telling Matt about a decadent Marriott suite that was available for like two hundred bucks or something. Like clearly there's something silly going on here and i don't understand what they're doing but if i book a seven thousand dollar airbnb listing thing can I, do i get the whole entire hotel oh, for a night yeah, dude, this i place think is, you do this place is listed as a two-star hotel i mean and yeah. that makes sense looking at the pictures like there's oh. no way it's seven thousand dollars a night for one room right that's so impossible. Like, but why would you be able to book the entire thing? I don't understand. Well, you get a better deal that way. That's two eighteen a <laughs> night for one room. You just have to figure out what true. to do with the other thirty-one. Even that, do you is, sell them know. to other people? Yeah, for two hundred eighteen bucks. Can piece? I sub 
you can make it like Airbnb. a timeshare. Yeah, I'm renting an Airbnb hotel this weekend to sub Airbnb Airbnb out the remaining. So there's, 31 there's a lot of shady stuff that goes on on Airbnb, and some really good articles about it. Well, I'll find a link. Luckily for you, Kyle, you've got. Um, hold on, let me do the math. Four, five days, three days, four days to That's do right. all that. So, good luck. Well. Um, it does say you won't be charged yet on the, <laughs> the reserve room button. Well, there is some absolutely silly stuff going on there. I don't know what that's about, but in any case, um, probably not going to go to the $7,000 a night full oh. hotel experience. I don't know if that's going to be worth it for me at this point. So. It says no parties or events on the things then, to know. That's okay. Terrible. What? What are they thinking? This is a joke. This is for sure. Like, for sure, this is just somebody really bad at putting a website together. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no but way. Why? They typed in. They typed in um, seven thousand dollars at some point. So I just don't. Well, the the title of it is "This is a boutique hotel." <laughs> I know. It's I so guess silly. it's a boutique hotel, like. With 32 rooms. I can you guys pitch in a third of it? Will not. Nope, not doing that. I I could I could cover half if you guys want to do a quarter. That's that's not true. I could not cover half of that. (laughs) I'm looking at the Google um Google review for it. You know how like on Google Maps you pull something up and it gives you like a quick little description? Yeah. (laughs) Alpine style budget hotel. Offering relaxed rooms and basic dorms, plus free breakfast. So seven grand, not bad. Room. Yeah, two people in each room. You're paying just over a hundred bucks a, a room. Are oh, you, I mean, or a person? Do they supply the staff? Who like what is? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good question. I'm so baffled. Anyway, so huh. that was extremely exciting. Oh, it has and, free Wi-Fi. Well, you better at 7K a night. You'd be, yeah. I hope you're getting uh, like uh, fiber optic speeds, I would hope. But no I mean, complimentary breakfast, no restaurant, no on site bar. No, there's, no I just center. said there's free breakfast. It's, this it's, is conflicting information. And yeah, I, well, I, I'm not sure which one's correct. Well, so we'll just air have to rent it and, and find out. Kid friendly. Oh. That sounds lovely. You know, I saw a movie that this reminds me of once. We could go film a Real Salt Lake parody of it. We'll call it the Believing. I don't know. What's Why would a good, we do that? I don't know. Because we can. <laughs> For content. Trevor, we haven't right. this explored is, video we to, yet. We have to win the content wars. So. We haven't pivoted yet. Right. It's for our new TikTok account The we're, we're, that's imminently going to be created i assume we'll just use deep technology to replace jack nicholson with kyle beckerman that's right wait i kind of want to do that now the believing yeah but the the believing (laughs) well that's even better all right just keep adding really want to move on from this conversation (laughs) okay trevor fine that's my social hour i don't really have anything else going on i guess besides just trying to figure out what i'm doing but um 
Yeah. Anyway, uh, Trevor, what's going on with you? I know you're eager to get out of this jam we've got ourselves into. We've spent 15 minutes talking about coffee, sodas that nobody's ever heard of, and now a random hotel in Park City. Literally all of this is exactly on brand. I don't understand what the problem is. For sure. Um, Is it because there's actual (laughs) soccer to talk about that we get to be angry about? Definitely. They really named a place called in Midway Interlochen. Like there's not even lakes. Okay. Sorry. Anyway. I'm just looking at maps again. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Trevor. I went to a concert last night. Oh, who was it? For the Coheed first in Cambria. First time I've been to a concert since uh, uh, January of 2020. It was really nice. Was it Coheed? It was Coheed. It was Coheed oh. and The Used, who I've never seen oh, before nice. and I don't really listen to, but they put on How a have you really avoided good show. The Used? Uh, so, okay. So, here's the story. It's kind of boring. Um, the used the became this podcast. Yeah, the used became like a a big band twenty years ago, like just mm-hmm. as I was getting into like junior high kind of high school age, and around that time I was in a band. It wasn't a good band, but we were performing shows. So I was doing like local shows, and I was like fourteen, fifteen years old. Playing and drums? No, trombone. It was a ska band. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. So okay, I was like part of kind of like the local like music scene not a big piece but like i knew several bands and we booked shows all over the place and it was fun but being part of the local utah scene at that time meant that pretty much anybody you talked to would not anybody but it happened a lot where they would be like oh yeah we know the used we i took lessons from Bert or, you know, I was hanging out with Brandon Steinecker the other day when he was in the band. Cause this was when they first started. Right. And so people would just like name drop members of the used and like talk about how they were hanging out with them or Classic. they played a show with them. And so at the time I well, even still, like I really don't, I'm not really a starstruck kind of guy. I don't care if you've hung out with people like that doesn't raise you at all in my book. It doesn't make you cool, but that's clearly, yeah. The hosts of Off the Crossbar <laughs> yes, and the RSL show. Oh, what? But that at the time, like it, it was, they were trying like so obviously to like be the cool person in the group. And that just really turned me off. And so that turned me off of the use, like just generally. But mm. then after I did listen to them like a little bit, like they're clearly an emo band and they were so much then. And emo was like, I was very against it as a youth philosophically so, or uh not just like musically i didn't like it okay. like i've grown up and i like it a little bit now but it was like i avoided anything with the emo label at all mm. um as a kid so i just avoided it for those two reasons but then like four or five years ago i actually started listening to them and they're pretty good i really like them i don't like all their stuff they're not like my favorite band or anything but they're fun and their show last night was pretty incredible they're obviously nice. very good at what they do and i enjoyed it a lot and then Cody and Cambria played and they're not my favorite band but they're legitimately like top five all time it was a blast okay. really really good show it was outdoors where was yeah where was it it was at the complex but it was a complex outdoors which basically means that parking lot right outside yeah I, I saw videos of it and i couldn't figure out where it was but that makes way more sense it's like well, that's like I was like, it's outdoors, but I can't, I couldn't figure it out. And yeah. uh, yeah, okay. So they just turned like the indoor space that they used to have. They're 
or they usually have their concerts into like one of them just became like the merch hall to go buy all the merch. And then the other mm. one just got converted into like a bar. So you can go inside to like buy drinks and food and merch and stuff, but then you come outside and then it's just in the parking lot is the gotcha. concert. So it was really, really cool. It was really fun. I'm really glad to be able to go to concerts again. Yeah. It do be nice. That was one of the things that I very much missed. We had a kid that was with us who, um, it was my buddy's friend, not my buddy's friend, my buddy's brother who had only been to like two or three concerts before in his life. Oh, that's always fun. <laughs> and I was explaining to him, I was like, I think I've been to like 200 concerts before. Yes. So stick with me. We'll figure this out together. He'd never seen a mosh pit and used, obviously they had a mosh pit and bring the mosh to the used. And he, uh, Little they'd, super spider event. That's right. Know. Yeah. They uh did the the wall of death, if you guys know what that is. I or, do. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, to a, I've been to a job for a cowboy show, please. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I've been they to did a that. Lamb of God show, please. <laughs> and, um, actually, I've been to a white show. Sorry, I'll that. stop. <laughs> they did that, and my uh, buddy's brother had like no clue what was going on. And I was like, nope, we want to be moving this way. Let's get out of the way. This is gonna be real messy. Yeah, he like didn't want to have anything to do with the mosh pit, and he's like, "I don't get what's going on." And I was like, "Just trust me on this one. We're gonna we're gonna back up. We're gonna they're gonna run at each other, and then start hitting each other and punching each other, and then that whole thing. This whole thing is gonna be a mosh pit area. You're like a wise moshing spirit guide, guiding people to safety. That's that's (laughs) very lovely. I went. Oh, I went to a concert last week. I went to uh, Choir Boy played at Urban Lounge last uh, Wednesday, and. Proof of vaccination required, in which I downloaded yeah. and showed the Docket app. Um, yeah, it was a it was a fully vaxxed and uh, mask requiring event, and so the Docket app like only supports digital uh, digital records from the state of Utah and also the state of New Jersey for whatever reason. So you can download that if you need to show your vaccination oh, status. Nice. So yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. Anyway, that's Matt, cool. what's going on with you, my friend? I did did not go to a concert. I haven't been to a concert since must have been the Yola Tango like two years ago, year and a half, Ooh, that's a nice. while ago. I think it was in September. So yeah, almost two years. Um. Anyway, like I'm going to see Soccer Mommy in October in Seattle oh. if if all goes well. <laughs> if they don't cancel it, that's awesome. I love Soccer Mommy. I always think about like in the. Uh, democratic primaries like leading up to that when they played they opened like a bernie sanders rally oh, that's amazing and he was like i'd like to thank soccer mommy for the music today <laughs> it was so funny hearing him say soccer oh, mommy that's really good just like all the bands that performed for him thank you to joyce manor for the delightful incredibly loud and disgusting grunge music just kidding he didn't say that part but it's just really funny to hear him say soccer mommy. But yeah, that's pretty good. It. Other than that, uh, so yesterday I made uh, tacos with uh, tri-tip roast that I sous vide for like 10 hours Ooh. and then uh, seared on the grill. And that, that turned out pretty well. Is that the past tense? Sous vide? Yeah. Sous vide. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Trevor. I No, I honestly, I, I have no idea. Out. I have no idea. I'm that's uh, a genuine question. Uh, Souvade. Yeah. Uh, tonight Jimmy uh made chicken broths or you know, like a bone broth from a chicken carcass from Costco. Which uh chicken carcass. Yeah, yeah, so just the bones. Oh, okay. none, none of the other stuff. Carcass makes it sound like a 
it's got feathers and it did not have feathers. It was a you know, rotisserie <laughs> chicken that we then used the rest of, which uh, turned out really well. It's so jovial, this will interest you, Kyle, makes an yes. egg tagliatelle. Oh. That's gluten-free. Yeah. Uh, so brown what rice, egg, egg tagliatelle, and it is actually really good. Interesting. Okay. So. I like it. Sounds good. And then I drank some LaCroix uh, and Spindrift and really just wanted to upset Trevor a little more. I'm, I'm happy you had some LaCroix. Yeah, thank you. I'm happy prove I it. did not prove have. It. Prove that you're happy about did, it. I'm happy that I did not have the LaCroix. I'm going to share more with you, Trevor. Okay. Yeah. We're going to make a, what's that song? Is it from Hercules? No, it's Mulan. That might we're be gonna problematic. We're going to make a man out of you? Yeah, but we're so going to make a LaCroix I'll, lover out of you. No, I mean, you won't. I welcome you to try. Like, yeah, I'm we want not you to like such a jerk that I'm going to be like, like. I'm not such a jerk that I'm going to be like, no, don't give me this free stuff, but. <laughs> I, I, I don't enough. particularly enjoy LaCroix. Sounds like you kind of want to say that, though. You could just have water instead. That would be fine. I mean, last time you gave me LaCroix, like, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> I took it and I was yeah, like, oh, fair. this is okay. And yeah. then I drank all of it and then I just continued to drink water for the rest of the night. Yeah. Um, okay, do you guys remember mint water? Like no. the uh, idea of water containing mint in it? Water containing mint, but it was also a brand oh. called Mint Water. And it was one of my favorite things as a teenager because I was a very boring teenager. Um, and water. it know. makes me think I need to figure out how to make mint extract from all the mint I have in the garden. I don't. I know. I know about hint water. I don't know about mint water. Okay, that was a so brand. Yeah, just water. One word. Just water, you know the Just Water brand in like the yeah. recycle whatever. They have an organ or a infused organic mint version of their water. Oh, that sounds good. I like mint water, just the flavor. Okay, what do you guys know about uh, uh, liquid death water? You, you know what I'm talking about? I know yeah, exactly I'm what really you're talking about. I've seen ads, but I think okay, it's incredibly straight confusing. up just canned water, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and say that they just the, I haven't had the sparkling one. I've only had the uh, just regular water. It's bad tasting water, in oh, my opinion. It? Yeah. And I get that they're like an eco focused brand and it's like no plastic and that's great. It also just doesn't taste good though. So the mo more eco friendly choice, IMO, and the one that tastes better is to not buy their water. Yeah, this is an anti liquid death. It's a water be, bottle, well, right? Again, yeah, I I I, uh, I might try the sparkling one at some point, but the just regular plain one, it was just like, it was extremely boring, but it was also just not very good still water. So, Well, I'm on um, board with that. This is an anti-liquid death pod. Let's yeah, go. It's, it's very, I'm feeling like it's pretty overhyped. Somebody's uh, got to get the metalheads to drink water, so. <clears throat> that is true, but it's also like... Uh, yeah, it's like a very LA thing. Like I, I oh, like yeah, or a very California sense. thing. Like a ton of people I uh, saw in California, and like friends that I have in California when I was down there early some early midsummer. Uh, I was like, "What are you like? Why do you why are you all drinking this?" And then I just had some the other day, and I was like, "Why again? Were they drinking this? Because it's bad." Yeah, but hey, you know, the description maybe I'm just not seeing the vision. The description of their sparkling water sounds awful. 
what sounds bad about it. You don't like sparkling water, so I feel no, like I you like might sp- be a bias. Whoever said I don't like sparkling water? I don't like. We decided that just now. <laughs> I don't like. I thought like you didn't like it. And I don't. Yeah. I don't oh, like the like, like flavored plain. sparkling water. Okay, you think the absence of flavor is better than the essence of flavor? Got it. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't like. That's essences. fair. But anyway, it says liquid death sparkling water doesn't just look like a beer. It is actually carbonated like a beer. We use a more drinkable level of carbonation, more similar to most beers, and the higher carbonation levels of most sodas. Like obviously, there's not a single sparkling water on the planet that is like as carbonated as soda. That would be awful, right? Isn't LaCroix like that? Yeah, I mean, it's a little lower than like a Coke, but I don't know. I I'm not I don't my frame of reference because I don't drink soda very much. So I, I mean like no Perrier's are pretty pretty well carbonated though. No, they're yeah, but not like at all like a soda. Like it's like half that. Yeah, like you might be right. Old soda Perrier pop, yeah. And, and Voss. Voss was a sparkling water I used to always get. Or not oh, yeah. get, but like be gotten for me because my boss really liked it so he always had it that uh, was a sparkling water that i would get bosses be drink. getting voss you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah mm. <laughs> bosses be vossing so uh with this other so. stream i always pump it up to max carbonation me for too. My water. Throw, a, throw a double in there huh yeah me too i haven't used it the, the so streams have been in storage so i'm, uh, I'm about oh, a couple yeah. months away from using it from breaking it back out so hopefully that's uh imminent. we could uh, bottle some water at my house for you oh it, yeah that would that'd be nice i do have um in the meantime my parents are very big into the sparkling water game so there's always a variety in the fridge oh that's that's so perfect that's how i ended up with this lime watermelon aha Ooh. so we're 30 minutes in we haven't talked about anything <laughs> wait i have one more question before we exit let's get this out of the way Go ahead. What was what was the name of your band, Trevor? Uh, the Grams. Okay, thanks. The Grams. Wait, spelled like the cracker or like the grandma? No, like 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 Instagram. This was obviously way before oh. Instagram, but it was G R A M S. You named yourselves off of about you, you named yourself after Instagram. That's interesting. No, we didn't. It was uh, it's an even worse uh, story than that. Again, boring oh. story time. We had like a joke where we had. <laughs> like a symbol or something like each of us had our own like symbol that was like our signature and we called it our uh-huh. like a like a trevor gram or like a scott gram or like a cody gram like those were our like signature like symbols that we just came up with and it was a joke for like two mm. weeks and then we formed the band and then we were like oh well we all have our own gram let's just be the grams so that was the name of the band mm. Mm. got it okay all right. that makes sense yeah. Do you have any recordings out there on myspace there used to be recordings on myspace there are no recordings online that oh wait hang on Mm, this will be fun i don't think we have any recordings anywhere anymore i think we had some on Bandcamp for like 12 years after we broke up but i think those got taken down or removed Um, Um, the only recordings that i know of is our bassist has a copy of the cd somewhere and on one of my old laptops i have it on that hard drive mm. all right that's it all right well <laughs> speaking of bands oh yep to the news section uh the first two items are a recap of the soapbox breakfast episode yeah uh, does someone want right. to read those two out well let me open uh, up the page i could read them but do it 
You're talking about the first two last week, Freddie quit the band. Yeah. And Pablo Mastrani is in charge now. Yeah. And also we talked about those last week. Oh yeah. We can read the third item too. Good call. Yeah. So yeah. So Freddie is gone. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And things went really well. The first game without him. Oh, Maybe from his perspective, they did. Just kidding. I don't know. I don't know. I wonder what's going through his brain right now. I like. Well, I understand. I, to an extent, I understand that that was probably a smart choice for him. I think. But as Dunny mentioned, it's like a completely unprecedented move from a head coach in MLS, and probably, I would be surprised if that's happened in almost any other league. <laughs> Just regardless of the sports, <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, I was kind of reading through Dunny's tweets like today and yesterday. And to be honest, like the more I read them, like I don't want to say the matter I got, but the like way less sympathy I had for Freddie's position. <clears throat> like, yeah, at the beginning, when it, like the news first broke, it was like, oh, good for Freddie. Like he got out and, you know, got himself a cushy position that's in a much more stable environment, you know, and all that. And that kind of seemed to be the framing, um, at least Definitely. in my head. It was kind of like that. But now, like the more I look back on it and the more I think about it, like, oh, I just hate it so much. Um, and like, honestly, like it makes me think less of Freddie. Like, I don't want to say that like, I hate Freddie, but honestly, like I'm almost there. And he was it's pretty, pretty insane. Yeah. It's pretty insane. Like just as a move, like you said, like this, it doesn't happen. <laughs> and in the situation, like it makes sense that it happened, but that's still super weak from Freddie. Um, to basically quit on the team. Like he quit, he yeah. quit. He quit on the team. He quit on the organization. Um, and like I said, those two things, I can cut him a little bit of slack based on the situation. But at the end of the day, you're still a playoff team. You're the head coach and you just go to a rival. Like at the drop of a hat, it seemed like. Like the very first chance you get to get out of there, you do. And that yep. that's weak and that's garbage. And it's like for a long time we were kind of not totally freddie out but we've always kind of felt like that freddie's not the best head coach and probably he should be an assistant coach so like that makes sense again that he goes back to being an assistant coach but again it's like it seems like he's just quitting not only on the team not only on the fans not only on the players but also on like being a head coach like it's admitting that he's not good enough at it it's kind of admitting that we were all right to criticize him this whole time because apparently he's like, that's not the job for him. That's not what he wants to be doing. Apparently that's not what he thinks he's good at. Yeah. Like just, yeah, I'm trying to be as nice as I can. Cause like I said, the most, the more I thought about it, the more I just like, it's such a garbage move from a head coach of any team. Yeah, yeah, I it's interesting that it also came out that like, I think I'm assuming someone off the maybe Elliot off the record. I don't know, told uh, I guess it was Sam's article in The Athletic that um, people inside the organization were not happy with how things have been going. 
which of course is also just some damage control, right? Like your head coach just quits. It's also a convenient, that's all, that's a convenient time to be like, well, we weren't really happy with how things were going anyway. Not yeah. that he was like going to get fired, but it's like, you kind of got to say that, but I, I, I believe that's the case because I mean, I don't know who could have been happy with, you know, how things really had happened, I guess uh, that there was, I mean, we talked about it in that, in our last episode or the, the one that we, the, the extended breakfast episode, the brunch episode, if you will, about like some of the problems with just uh, recurring patterns that we've seen. We've talked about on this show, dropped points, but anyway, so the club said that, you know, they weren't happy, but yeah, I just, as you were saying, Trevor, I agree. Like the more I just read about it and, um, the more I heard, like, you know, Dunny talk about it on the broadcast, just the more things that, and I, I guess the way the game went on Sunday also didn't help. Um, because I think we're a better team than Vancouver. So to see us just we get better like, be, right? we should be, um, and to just see us get like destroyed after that, I'm just like uh, with a man who's coaching now who, I, I don't know. It's it. I just have a lot of scrambled thoughts. Don't know what to feel about it. But yeah, the the longer I think about it as well, the more I'm just like, yeah, man, you just like are probably one of the only coaches to do that type of thing. <laughs> like, yeah. You, you and like obviously that opportunity presented itself. They're opening open positions there at an organization in which <clears throat> he has connections to, but. I don't know. Is that is 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 taking that worth like just bailing on an organization that's like that you've spent a large chunk of your years, life, right? At? Yeah, like there are going to be more more opportunities available at the end. Like if he if he were to not get renewed, then there's still going to be opportunities available. So yeah, it's it's I don't I don't like it, but. I mean, he was also probably not going to get renewed. So no, and that's um, that's the other thing is like, <laughs> like I said, going back to like the initial sympathy that we all had and the initial like, yeah, we get it. Like, what confused me so much about that is again, like looking back, like most of the fan base was over Freddie. We're over yeah. him. Like as a head coach, we wanted him gone. We yeah. accepted that he wasn't going to leave or he wasn't going to be fired mid-season fired. because of the ownership situation. But all of us, I think for the most part, we're like, yeah, we're done with Freddie. We don't need Freddie as a head coach. So Mm -hmm. for him to do it this way, like I don't really feel any sympathy or or like empathy towards him like at all at this point. Like, why should I? We didn't like him when he was a head coach and the way he left is awful and dumb and bad. So like, what has he really done? Besides the 11 years thing, but even that like makes it even worse in my mind. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that to this fan base, to this team, to these players. Like, yeah, absolutely. And I didn't want to have it like, you know, try to have it both ways. Been like, oh man, like we should be firing Freddie, but oh man, he shouldn't have walked out like that. Like that's, I don't, that's, that's a tough thing for me to grapple with. Like knowing how many people wanted him gone but then being mad when he's gone because of the way he ended up gone. And I get that it's, it's like a lot of things for me to square in my brain, but it's not sitting right with me to just like, 
do something that unprecedented, I guess. Like that's maybe it's just because of how unprecedented it is that's making me uncomfortable. But I don't know. Matt, what do you think? Yeah. So the more I think about it, the more I wonder like how different the response might have been if it had been on a Monday. Um, yeah. So so the thing that's really puzzled me is Sounders haven't officially announced this yet. Uh, so that he's hired. That he's hired. Yeah. Uh, everyone's confirming it, of course, and that makes sense. Um, but nobody's, you know, put put it on the record. Um, that's not me doubting the story, of course. I, it's going to happen. We all know it's going to happen. Um, but if it was so urgent that he had to quit on a Friday, right before, you know, two days before a game, yeah. Um, why is he not with the organization yet? I don't know. Um, and maybe he didn't. Maybe he felt like he couldn't. Uh, you know, be the coach of the team, knowing he'd accepted another position. Maybe he, they said, no, if, if we hire you, you have to quit now. Um, I don't know, but that's, that's the sort of thing that, that really eats at me with this. It's not, not just that he, that it's unprecedented. Um, it's, it's that it's just gone about in such a, like a quiet, not, not quiet, but Nobody's speaking about it on the record. Yeah. Well, like Brian Dunseth broke the news. Yeah. Which well, is weird. It kind of. It's kind of weird, but it also makes sense. Like, he's the guy that do that is doing the color commentating on the teams. Like, he's going to know. Like, he's going to be embedded is the wrong word. But he's going to know a bunch of players on the team. He's going to know a bunch of the coaches and stuff on the staff. So, it makes sense that, like, he would be the first one. But to he, know or the first to be able to sell it break Tell news everybody? unless like the club like approves him breaking the news right like uh, brian dunseth is is kind of like just uh not trying to pin pigeonhole him but like he wouldn't do anything to like breach the trust of the club or anything like that right? like they, i'm sure fair. they were fine with him sit breaking that news right and sure. i'm just wondering why and i, I guess we wouldn't put it it out first thing that morning or something. Yeah, I, I, I guess maybe, maybe the press office wasn't and, and someone like Elliot was, we could yeah, see that maybe. sort of situation, right? Yeah. And we're kind of speculating about something that we honestly don't know the process. So like, we're definitely yeah, just guessing yeah. here, but I would imagine, I mean, my guess is like Dunny's like loyalties are to RSL, obviously like he doesn't want to piss off the organization, but also I feel like his boss is, TV, TV broadcast. It's not RSL, right? Well, so it's a contract with RSL. RSL actually produces the broadcasts. Okay, all right. So well, uh, he wrong. he has a contract, but is not a not an employee. Yeah, th- that's I mean, what I'm and saying. You can split hairs on what employees mean yeah. and what contracts are and and yeah, he's, what labor is. But he's yeah. definitely like broken news before, and like I said, it makes he sense has, that yeah. he would be one of the first people to know about this thing. Both Agreed, because yeah. he has to be prepared to talk about it on TV, but also because like he knows these guys, he knows the coaches, he knows the players, he knows everybody. So I'm sure there was a couple text messages. That, At least. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just to Matt's point about it, just not really coming through official capacities. Like well, and this, the sounder is not saying anything about it still. That's weird. Yeah, and why yeah. it came out why it needed to be that day right before we traveled to Vancouver. The players found out on pra- at, at practice, I think, uh, they Thursday. Said, they afternoon. said Friday morning, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I thought the, the timing actually Thursday. lines up pretty nicely. It was the news broke Friday morning. 
Um, oh, I remember because yeah, okay. I was in a sprint review uh, and I may have like had my mouth agape. Uh, and maybe I didn't need to. Anyway, um, the timing lines up pretty neatly with the news breaking to the players and then somebody getting that news to Dunning in some capacity. So like, yeah, so it was Friday morning. Yeah, when the players like found out, and we all found out. Nine fifteen, nine thirty, yeah. nine forty-five, yeah. some somewhere in that range between nine and ten. And that lines up with when the players would be at the stadium, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but like, why wouldn't the Sounders say anything? At well, this see, point? here's like, my theory on that. Not knowing anything about how the Sounders organization is or works, but they have time to announce it like it's they they don't need to announce it on our schedule they they're going to announce it on their schedule so they're going to prepare for it and be pre- well just yeah just be prepared for it and they're going to present it nicely and in in a very professional way and sometimes yeah. that takes a week or two to get pictures ready get the posts ready get you know all the stuff in line you get a picture with him holding up a scarf or whatever you know what I mean? Uh. So they're going to do it properly <laughs> because they're a properly, and this is going to sound like a dig at RSL and it's, it's not a dig at the people that work there. It's just a dig at the way the organization is right now, but their sounders are probably very well prepared and very well organized for this kind of thing. And we aren't really, we just fired our PR guy <laughs> like two or three days before yeah. all this happened. So, like, yeah, it's going to look kind of a mess on the RSL side, and I think it's going to look really nice and polished and clean on the Sounder side when they get around to it, and they get to get around to it whenever they want to get around to it. Yeah. So. One thing that is well, interesting all, about all this uh, is that nothing really leaked about it beforehand, uh, at least in any way that spread. Um, and, yeah. and usually I'll hear from, not not hear that, you know, the thing that is happening, just maybe that something is happening. Or I like, I might talk to somebody and they might say like, like, oh yeah, I knew this was coming. This is like, isn't this weird? But instead it was like almost panic among everybody. Not really yeah. panic, but you know, it was startling, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like nobody really remember, expected uh, their head coach to take an assistant coaching job. Yeah. The first two minutes of it, I, uh, just kept refreshing Danny's Twitter to make sure that uh, he wasn't going to delete it. And he, did, you know, I didn't get uh, pranked or something. Yeah. Cause it, it was one of those things that like seems surreal at best. Yeah. Double check the name and made sure it wasn't Jason before we retweeted it. If, if I had got, <laughs> if I got caught by Jason, it would be, Oh, it'd be bad. Jason got me one time. Kind I'll of never, miss, never forgive him. I kind of missed that time on Twitter and soccer Twitter yeah, when Jason funny. was getting everybody on yeah. like a monthly basis. It was, it was too good. And but. then he got the podcast account banned. <laughs> well, that was like his second or third account to get banned. And now he's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I don't want to do this again. We're not going to get this account banned. Yeah. yeah good um, for him. So a few names have started coming out about uh, potential coaching hires. Um, one of them that I found very interesting is Landon Donovan as, yeah. as a player, the organization is interested in talking to or yeah. has sought permission to talk to. Uh, the other one I've heard is Javier Morales as somebody, the organization has sought permission to talk to. Um, mm-hmm. so that, that bodes well, right? I guess. I don't I know. I mean, there's progress. It? I don't know. Does it though? Like, how, like, I don't know. 
all the respect in the world to Javier Morales, obviously. Oh, yeah, of course. How do we – why are we considering him for a head coach job? He, he it, hasn't it been a be head coach? It could be an assistant coach job, right? There, there yeah, could sure. be an assistant role that okay. opens up to. If we're going to extend it to that, I'm on board. Bring him on as an assistant coach or an academy coach or something Trevor, like that. No, 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 no. Trevor, don't you know that anyone that you have an emotional attachment to is automatically good at the job that you want them to come over and do? I forgot about that. Thank you for yeah, we talked about that, that works. That on the breakfast episode, but like, yeah, it's it's nostalgia can be really tough when it comes to this type of thing. <laughs> so here's my ideal structure. If we were to bring Javier Morales in is we need like a manager type situation with Javi as if he were to be in a head coach type role as like a first team coach and take like that yeah. European model and just have, That's you fair. know, give, give Javi the room to grow and also the responsibility that kind of puts him in a growth scenario. That's like my ideal is this is very fan servicey, but you know, Jason Christ at the top with Javier Morales and yeah, Tyler Beckerman I, and Ned Grabovoy. Why not? I can tell you why not. The, Ned Grabovoy just signed a fat deal with Portland for the next several years. I know. I hate we it. We have to buy him out of. Yeah. It's all very depressing, isn't it? Um, and we'll keep going while Trevor or well, not Trevor. Kyle, <laughs> Kyle is, uh, Kyle is figuring out the noise Sorry. in his room. No, Carly is looking for the computer charger. Hold on one sec. We will. Oh, here. I'm going to hit the pause button. All right. So as I was saying, I don't remember what I'm talking about. Um, well, but my ideal scenario Perfect. has. Oh, yeah. ideal oh, scenario. Yeah. If we're like picking from RSL greats. Yep. Like I think Jason Christ still has value that is untapped right now. No, he doesn't. And I think New York City and Orlando were terrible places to go. Yes, they were. I I, he he clearly struggles with bad owners and meddlesome owners and why he thought that would be better. I have no idea. Um, so that's the first thing. I think Jason Kreis, uh has earned a reputation of being bad. Is uh, That's probably correct. I don't think he has to be bad. And I think I'd like him to be good here. <laughs> I appreciate that you said Jason Kreis has a reputation of being bad and that's probably correct. And you continue yeah. to make your case about why he should be our yeah. coach. <laughs> then you bring in like, like that's, great... that's your point as to why yeah. he should be our coach. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it, it's really that, uh, it's not that I think he got an unfair shake. It's that he chose opportunities that were, uh, poor for a coach of his make. Yeah. I mean, he needs a good yeah. partner and, uh, Maybe maybe he can have that here. Maybe he and Elliot Fall will get along famously. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I I mean, you guys, I'm sure know this already. You two, I'm sure we've talked about this on the pod before. But I'm over the idea of Jason Christ being our coach ever, ever, ever again. I I don't want to say it makes me mad whenever it gets brought up, but it's like the most predictable thing about our fan yeah, base kind of is. is how immediately as soon as any position anywhere on the team is open jason Kreis is the first name to come up and it's like he, again like kind of like the javi thing he hasn't proven it in the last several years that he's like good at anything yeah that's probably fair 
So I, just, yeah, I just don't yeah, understand the, the excitement around him. Like, it would be cool to have him back. Don't get me wrong. I yeah, think it would yeah. be awesome for the fans, but I don't think that's a way to make a good soccer team. Yeah, it's also worth yeah. mentioning that I think the reason that his name also comes up, it's not not only due to the nostalgia and excitement of people who want to relive 2013 and, and before, but because he genuinely does want to come back, I think, um, and did uh, last time we were looking for a head coach. and uh, But under that time, we were still owned by Deloitte Hansen. So, um I think, I mean, there's probably always going to be some level of mutual interest there, but, yeah. and I, you know, and I think it was uh, honestly, ultimately smart of Jason. Like we don't know the like official actual reason why, but the yeah, story we're told is just like you said, he would have to deal with the meddling owner again. Yeah. And, and that's Deloitte pretty much, and that's pretty meddle. much why he, yeah. Deloitte couldn't keep his hands <laughs> off it. And that's why Jason was like, yeah, no, thanks. I think because he learned yeah. his lesson in Orlando, New York, and honestly, good for him. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, if he doesn't come back and uh, we, you know, he doesn't end up being a coach here again, we can just, you know, like Casablanca, we'll always have Paris with Jason. So it's true. Uh, so another option could be uh, this is a coach with a winning record who has <laughs> never lost a game in his head coach career. And okay. that's Kyle Beckerman, who now Dude, has he's one and oh. Yeah, one one and oh and one. They drew a oh, match. He drew. It was okay. college soccer is weird though. Like I don't I don't get it. It's so <laughs> what boring. What you get about it? Why it's so it's bad. the same game. They just play. No, it's not. The NCAA is committed to making sure that their sports are different than the both amateur and professional versions of all their sports. Right. Yeah, it's but so it's weird. soccer is not an exception. At the end of the day, like it's guys and they're playing soccer. No, they put the ball in the back <laughs> of the net. They're actually allowed to use their hands in the NCAA. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Trevor, but I uh, a monstrous organization. I'm pretty sure it's not true. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll double check. I'm willing to check into Thank it, you. but I don't think that's true. We have to get Kyle on the pod to ask him. Oh, yeah. Are we allowed to? We could have. This is a bit. All right. We'll just call it two Kyles, one pod. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be done. Absolutely. I can't not. wait. Something tells me he would not say yes. What? To coming on the pod? Yeah. He would probably yeah. be like, absolutely not. Yeah. You'd probably just ignore us. That's fine. Sorry, um, we only have uh, I don't, doctors on the pod as guests. <laughs> we only have uh, MLS Cup winning, kick kick winning, taker, penalty haver, takers on this pod. Kyle, oh, did, did Colin do that too? No. Oh, well, I guess he was a guest host. But he was a guest host. Yeah, he was he not a guest. Oh, yeah, not quite. He's not a doctor, is he? No. Mm. My argument's but falling apart here. We're almost there. All right. Should we move on to the last news item? Guess how many RSL sure. Academy kids are at UVU right now? 13. Um, 13? I don't know. I'm guessing. Is it fewer than that? It is uh, many fewer than that. Three. Six. Seven. Six? Oh. Okay. Six. That's decent. Plus two or three LaRocca kids, which makes sense. Classic. 
and Danny was shouting the praises of LaRocca on broadcast the other day, which made some people really mad. Well, and I mean, not to get into it, but it's going to make some people mad. Yeah, I, I enjoy people getting heated about youth soccer rivalries. Well, I, know I get those pay to play complaints, but yeah, it was that, um, yeah. which is a good thing to get mad at. Yeah, if you're going to get mad about a local soccer club, but there is also a kid on the team with the last name of Ibrahimovic. <laughs> What's his <laughs> first name? Zlatan. It is not. It is What's Ahmed. His first name? Oh, okay. And he is uh, from the Boise Timbers, which I think, if I had to guess, part of the Portland Timbers system. Yep. Which would make three Portland Timbers yep. Academy people on the team. Oh, all right. Which, like, weirdly right. is a thing. They've always had a couple of Portland Timbers guys on this team. Hmm. They obviously have several RSL guys. Like, that makes sense. And then a couple like LaRocca and Sparta and a few other, like, local people, but there's always two or three Portland Timbers guys. It's so weird. That is very strange. Good All right. Them. So the next item we've got is uh, another case of Brian Dun- Dunseth being breaking on- the news. No, yeah, I guess breaking the news. And that's that uh, Zach McMath, uh, his leg soreness was not just leg soreness or knee soreness, sorry, uh, which, surprise, surprise, uh, was a meniscus something or other, and he has undergone surgery. So he's to done. repair that meniscus thing. He's pretty much well, done for the season. Like, there's no question about that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess they're only like two months left in the season, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah, but there's no way you're coming back from that. Um, I mean, the meniscus yeah, is so not an ACL, but it is not like a quick recovery either. No, it's not a it's not a less than half season recovery, right? Yeah, and hopefully um, David Ochoa returns to yeah okay, contention so at some point. A few, a few other things there. So, uh, last week we saw David Ochoa not get called up to the Mexican national team for their qualifiers this week, um, and we saw him not, or we saw him again be on the injury list for Sunday's match, and then. It's worth noting that Aaron Herrera was also not in the 18 for Sunday's match. It was a late scratch, late scratch due to uh, precautionary measures around his hamstring on the turf uh, in Vancouver, which is famously bad. So that's the claim, we'll at least. That's the claim. Um, <laughs> if he is not in the 18 next game at home, then I, I don't. I don't know. I'm, so I'm kind of getting much. I'm kind of getting real sick of like being skeptical about the injury report, but I mean, we've been saying this all season. Like it's a, it, the injury reports like a joke at this point. Right. I mean, like we can't uh, trust it. We can't be, really trust the team. Anytime the team says anything about any injury at this point, we can't trust them. It doesn't matter who it comes from. Yeah. yeah so I, the thing with the show is interesting though, because what, what did, I think legitimately start out as precautions around his hamstring. I believe. Um, I don't know if that was before his grandfather died or or grandparent. I don't know if it was grandfather or grandmother. Oh, I think it was his grandfather. Um, I don't know if that was before or what it was confusing to hear that it was precautionary around his leg. And then, and then, Tom on Twitter saying that Freddie said there was a regression in his in his injury 
indicating why he was not playing some more after that. But then it being about like, you know, the loss of a grandparent and taking time to be with his family, which of course is a legitimate reason that doesn't need to be shrouded in precaution around his hamstring. So I don't know if he's actually still injured, to be honest. I have no idea. I don't think anyone Um, does. I don't think what I'm, what the club is telling me is that he's not injured. And the reason that he's not playing right now is just has been through a lot mentally and, um, he was in California with his family and, uh, he apparently did get called in, but didn't go because oh, of injury, the loss of his grandparent and everything else that's going on with him. So apparently the, the plan was still to call him and they were planning on calling him up and then he told them he wouldn't be available or something like that. Not quite sure how that all goes down, but apparently he did get a call, but, um, Anyway, but turned it down so, or declined it or something. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's reassuring, but it's also, um, I don't know. I, I don't want the club to feel like they have to, the thing with the leg injury is just confused. It just confuses me. If he just yeah. needed time to be with his family because of the loss of a grandparent, like he should be able to just be like that. But I know yep. that, I mean, that raises a lot of questions for a lot of people, but anyway, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's just a messy situation with him in particular. Sure. I guess we'll see what happens with Herrera, but I don't think we'll see a similar thing, but who knows? But, I mean, we've been told about Bobby Wood at least once that he tweaked something in a game or in training or something, and it was not anything of concern. And then he's out for the next game or the game after that, or, you know, he's been out two games since that was before the Colorado game that I asked about that. And then, um, was said to be nothing of concern, but yeah, like you mentioned out that game, out the next game. And then based on the, what Denny said on the broadcast, it sounds like he's not going to be back for the next maybe two games which is um not concerning i would consider something to be concerned about four games is not great but i mean i don't know what we're on a scale of concern here i don't know what my concerns are at this point (laughs) anymore i mean to go back to the aaron herrera thing like it makes total sense to if you've got any kind of like any little worry or whatever about something that might be aggravated on turf don't play him against vancouver in vancouver that's fine yeah but you're you know that you're playing vancouver in vancouver you've known it for a while now why is he not on the injury report why is he a late scratch like, did you yeah, decide an hour being... before the game? Oh, yeah, this is turf. Totally forgot. My bad. Like, that's a good question. Yeah. No one it's... can ever forget that it's turf in Vancouver, especially from people in Salt Lake who <laughs> I don't know. Really yeah. Love pointing yeah. it out. They, we did talk about that a lot on the broadcast. I, I don't know if like they got there. He was warming up, felt a little tightness and thought it was best to just not give it a go but my point I don't know is how it goes into that decision if that's the decision in the past in years past we've been told oh yeah during warm-up he didn't feel comfortable or something happened and uh, he got pulled like we've been told that we've been given that information but it was like five minutes into the broadcast when dunny was like oh yeah by the way aaron herrera is not playing because of this concern that yeah. the team has had about the location that the game is played that they've known about for a while yeah. Is what we're being told, and whether Dunny is telling us the truth or the Twitter spinning the, it for uh, the team, whoever or, was or whatever. posting from the yeah, whoever, whoever was posting from the RSL Twitter account that day did in the comments uh, say it was 
precautionary. I don't know if they said due to the turf. Though, sure, actually. but <laughs> it's just the whole <laughs> messaging around it. Like, just seems very much just not straightforward and not telling anybody anything about it until they're asked about it after the game begins. Like, they'll give yeah. a reason, but the reason that they give is a reason that could have been given two days before. And it's just, it's getting really old and it's not allowing us to trust anything that the team says about anything, especially when it comes to injuries. Okay. And this is kind of what you're talking about here. So, um, also worth mentioning, Demir Kralak was out with yellow card accumulation for this game. So that was, um, to be expected, but so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the comments from, uh, Real Salt Lake posted the starting lineup. Uh, somebody said Wood injured, and they said hamstring strain. Somebody said Achoa. Real Salt Lake says injury precaution. For uh, the game, this this last game against Vancouver, they said that. Yeah, about Achoa, and then somebody asked about Herrera. They responded injury precaution. This is before the game started, by the way. This is like half an hour before the kickoff, and then someone responded to that saying, "Is Achoa still an injury precaution?" Like making a joke about it but like you know yeah um, Ochoa by the way and we've I don't want to hammer this too far into the ground but Ochoa has now missed seven games yeah Ochoa's last game played with RSL was July 24th which is yeah so five weeks ago I don't I, what's con, what's confusing especially like like I was saying is the conflating between injury precaution yeah, and no, the, what's likely the true story is that he's dealing with a lot with his family. Like, yeah. I, so now we had Tom who's saying, "No, Freddie's saying that he regressed in his injury." We have the Twitter account saying that it's an injury precaution, but then you know we're getting info from the club that's saying what's actually going on. Yeah, we're getting other reporting so that's, that's confusing. He's in so then he's posting. Then we record this podcast, and I say this, and then Bob tweets out what's going on. And then the Twitter account says something that's different. So that, that is confusing. Yeah. So, um, hi, Bob. <laughs> hi, Bob. <laughs> we appreciate yeah, that so, you're uh, calling attention to this very podcast. No, I, I do. I do appreciate it. It, it is. Uh, I, anyway, I'm just talking about the tra- the chain of confusion. Yeah, no that, like I think people who just casually might listen to this podcast and digest Real Salt Lake content on Twitter might experience due to the conflating Yep, one hundred percent. Yeah, messages. Anyway. We're definitely agreeing. So, so I do wonder how much of this will be different under a new reign of coaching. Is it trouble, coaching, it like. or is it PR? Well, so the people involved keep changing. So <laughs> that is a great question. <laughs> if if I can go back a couple years now. Uh, to the great debate of, was it 2019? When we, when RSL switched to listing lineups as as uh, ordered by... Like alphabetical or whatever? Whatever they're ordering it by. Um, instead yeah. of in formation. Yeah. Um, we, we've heard, yeah, Mike Petke was in charge. Maybe it was, yeah, was even 2018. It, it was, it started with Petke with RSL. Yep. Yep. And then the Royals started doing it. 
And, we and heard, then they said, oh, it's a Laura Harvey thing. Well, we heard before that that it was uh, a Mike Pecky thing because he yep. didn't want to give too much information away to the opponents. That's very Mike like, Pecky, right? To think it'll make a difference. Yeah. And it <laughs> clearly didn't matter at all <laughs> because he's yeah. a bad coach and we had kind of a bad team and we just got beat up all the time anyway. Yeah. But, but Pecky okay. started it and then Laura did it. So we heard the one story after yeah. Pecky did it and then Laura Harvey did it and we heard that different story. And then they've just kept doing it. Freddie is still the coach, or Freddie became the coach, and they just kept doing it. But Laura am, am was no longer the coach. Think... They kept doing it. Yeah. Am I crazy to think that this is becoming like the international norm though? Like I feel like I don't see formations tweeted out by teams anymore. Like maybe I'm I feel like rounds like we're doing it before any everyone else, and it was that's why it was so annoying. But now, like I know the men's national team does not tweet out their formation yeah. before. It's like in some numeric, it's some order before as well. Yeah, and like um, at this point, like it is kind of a moot point to get mad about the formations because you're right. Like oh, yeah. everybody is doing it. It does seem like that's like the standard now, and I don't know when or why that changed. And I'm I, but I am saying Mike Pecky has international influence. Um, <laughs> but it is interesting that like I f- feel like anytime I see like Liverpool tweet out, it's the exact same. And it and it is interesting when that became a thing yeah. because. But it's just yeah. my point is more that it's it seems to be coming from the club we're getting different stories about different things at different times and the the story keeps changing about the same thing you know yeah. what I mean? like the same thing yeah. happens but we're getting a different story every time yeah see it's just, like this is how liverpool does it now it's like a link to a page on their blog and it's literally yeah. just like yeah. that it's even get those impressions. Uh, so arsenal does it slightly better in that the players are listed without positions but they are in sort of positional order mm, which i think is helpful for being able to like read it at a glance like sometimes i think we forget that not every fan is a diehard and can look at a list of 11 people by name and pick out what position they're going to be in and yeah, understand this is, that this is the thing like my whole to go back to the very beginning on this my whole beef with this is when you put out a starting five in the NBA, when you put out your baseball lineup, when you put out a hockey lineup, you put out the lineup and you tell people where they're playing. So the fans can look for their favorite player in that position. You know, that Justin Turner is going to be playing third base. If you're a Justin Turner fan, you're going to go to the Dodgers game and <laughs> you're going to watch Justin Turner that. and you're going to look for him at third base because that's what the lineup says. I want to watch yeah. my favorite beard. player. He has a pretty good beard. Yeah. Oh, that is a pretty good beard. I'm but curious that's, if but that's people, what every yeah. other sport does. And soccer, arguably the most complicated like formation sport that exists, except for maybe football, but that might just be because I'm an idiot. But even football, you you put the name to a position and you tell people where they're going to be playing. And sometimes, yeah, it moves around and you have three wide receivers or five wide receivers or two guys in the backfield and Maybe yeah. that changes throughout the game, so it's not always the same form. But when you're announcing the starting lineup, you announce their position yeah. and the formation. Um, Why Seattle Sounders Ugh. post their their formation? Yeah. I just that I just saw that. Yeah. So I mean, it might just be just from the ones that I see because I don't follow the Sounders on Twitter. But I, uh, yeah, it is interesting. But yeah, I agree. It is. It is. 
I'd, I would really love to go back to the formation thing. I yeah. think it looks nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I'm not it's at all easy like, to rock, right? Like, I'm not at yeah. all like cheering for Matt Gash being fired, but no. right. I my theory is that all of that was part of him, and I I maybe. think yeah. I have no idea that maybe it'll change with somebody else in charge. Yeah, maybe I mean, won't. Maybe. Who knows? But I bet I bet nothing changes until. There's new leadership. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, nothing like will and drastically that's not change. New but... Owner necessarily. That's you know people in positions that uh, they are you know used to being in. Yeah, yeah. More than more than management. I don't know. All right, should we talk about Vancouver? Well, let's do it real quick. I guess. I guess. I mean, so as we, as I we mentioned, we're, honestly, we're we, we should talk about it. Uh, I think so, it's useful to understand what happened. Okay. Yeah. We were missing Crylock, Herrera, Ochoa, Bobby Wood. Yeah. Uh, right. So for a team that's uh, one of the deepest in MLS, that should be no problem, right? You would hope, yeah. Um, but instead, uh, what did we see? We saw a, a first half goal we gave up. As a result, was the first one the own goal? First first goal was an own goal, which, which came after we already almost scored a different own goal. So the weird thing about um, that one is, uh, so everyone's attributing that to zonal marking. I don't think that's a zonal marking thing. Uh, I think that's players not actually dealing with a ball that's coming at them Yeah, in their zone, right? Yeah, uh, Nick Beasler misses a misses a header. Uh, Justin Glad misses a header. Marcelo Silva catches the ball in the stomach and it rebounds into the goal. It was weird, <laughs> right? Like it was weird. I think the only way you can attribute to zonal marking is I think it leaves our players more static in the box than I than I like. Like yeah. what's what? Anytime I watch the zonal marketing marking thing. That Brian Dunseth is always ranting about. I think rightfully so because all of a sudden now we're just giving up goals on corners. We give we give a we give up a, another goal on a corner later this game. I think the yep. fourth goal comes from a corner. Um, I think our players just always look like they're being caught flat-footed anytime a corner comes in, and I think that's a result of zonal marking in that you're kind of being very reactive to where the ball is played rather than chasing someone down in the box at, as you are assigned a man to guard. Yeah. I think that's generally where I think it can be potentially partially attributed to that. And yeah. it's, it's, it's tough to watch because it really does seem like our players aren't able to jump as high because they're, you're generally in a standing position. They're running in at you. And when you're running, you generally can jump higher than if someone is just standing and you just seem like you're being, caught like surprise it's 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 weird well and that's, like it. that's the element that i think well there, there's an element that i think contributed the most to the own goal specifically and you kind of see it a lot with zonal marking is it's hard for the guys doing the zonal bit to judge accurately where the ball is going to end up until it ends up there and what that means is there's a defender that maybe should have gone for the ball that doesn't or there's defenders that probably shouldn't have gone for the ball that do. And that creates just chaos or, you know, miscommunication or, or something. It, it, yeah. it doesn't really work. It's two missed headers and an own goal off someone's stomach. Yeah, because I mean, I, again, I think 
it wasn't Silva that was right behind the play. There was somebody in front of Silva and then Silva. And I think what happened was Silva was was expecting whoever was challenging for the ball to hit the ball. And then he was expecting the person in front of him to block anything from happening to him. So he just wasn't expecting anything. And then all of a sudden the ball landed in his lap because two guys missed. Well, and you don't want to be caught ball watching, right? Like you don't, you can't just watch the trajectory of the ball. Because you also have to watch the players, and yeah, it's it, it was a weird one, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I so we, still firmly believe that like zonal marking. I'm one of those like zonal marking truthers. I think it can work, but this team obviously isn't good at it and should stop <laughs> no, doing it. Team is too reactive to. We need leadership in the back, and we don't have it. Like, yeah, uh, we need yeah, we need a lot of and things. I, I, yeah, <laughs> but that's definitely um, one of them. Yes. So uh, we go into halftime down 1-0. Seems like it should be a recoverable position. Um, nobody's too mad about it. A um, little ragey about zonal marking. Um, didn't feel like we had a lot of chances in the first half, though. No, I was no, going to say, I think not. everybody was mad about like the level of play. I don't think we were so much mad about being down 1-0. Yeah, we, we looked bad. And Justin Glad notably was very mad when he did a short halftime broadcast yeah. uh, press conference. Right and so, that cause... was actually very good. Yes, um, it, was, it, was it was really cl- tough to watch us. Close to a Chris Winger type. You know, we've got to step up. Yeah. I don't want to mark the explicit button, so I won't use the <laughs> other one. But. Um, so second half, we come out even worse than we went into, you know, started the first half. And it just mm-hmm. falls apart from there, right? Second goal, uh, Andrew Putna kind of like tries to catch a ball and palms it into the attacking player who just directly into the path of an attacker yeah like it couldn't have been more of just like a here you go like he you generally if you're a keeper that has iffy hands those guys know to just punch it as hard as they can out of there and i feel like he should know that at this point and i again he's the third string keeper i he was a he start he started a lot of games for Real Salt Lake over the last couple of years. Yep. Uh, so it's not it's he might be the third string keeper right now. He was the arguable first string keeper for two All of years. Twenty twenty at, at the very least. Yeah, yeah. Like it's so, it speaks it's to not, the depth. You're a pro. <laughs> it definitely speaks to the depth that we had at the goalkeeper position the last two years. But so you it can't does, yeah. you can't be a guy with that much MLS experience. And like it's be making these mistakes like that's yeah, like Vancouver. A, yeah, it's like a 19, 20, 21 year old goalkeeper still kind of figuring stuff out kind of mistake. And that's not what Andrew Putna is. No, right. He's reached his ceiling yeah. and I, I think he may be a good MLS backup, but that's probably about about where he yeah. ends up. Yeah. Uh, third goal. How did, how did we concede that third one? That was the one where Ashton Morgan um, was challenging for a ball pretty f- close to midfield on the left side um, gets beat uh, midfielder. I think Paulo Ruiz or Nick Beasler moves over to try to defend and catch the guy who's running down the right side to play across to the far post. Of, so our, the right side of our defense, Noah powder started at right back this game and Noah powder was absolutely just nowhere just to be nowhere found. found yeah and you'd think i mean i like noah powder he had an incredible shot this game he he's he is yeah. an insane shot on him um 
he he's a left-footed player is that right yeah oh you better believe he's left-footed yeah (laughs) we heard all about that (laughs) yeah so he's a left-footed player he was playing it right back um i don't is that legal (laughs) i thought the laws of the game said you couldn't do that it's very interesting at least due to an officiating oversight (laughs) anyway yeah so noah powder is nowhere to be found yeah and he he struggled defensively this game i i mean i like noah powder i think he's an entertaining player to watch he scored a really good goal for the monarchs this year uh in a similar vein i guess to the one that he almost scored or he forced vancouver's keeper into an incredible save off the post um but he was just nowhere uh defensively um and when ashton morgan was so far up the field on the left side you would expect your right back to not be up as far also in the case to prevent exactly what ended up happening from happening. So um, cross to the back post, Noah powder isn't even in the television frame and they just get a wide open header at the back post. And then after that, uh, Marcelo Silva should have gotten a red card um, either, or maybe that was after the fourth goal. So they, they score a fourth goal from a corner just again, I mean, they just challenged for it better and yeah. scored. Um, we don't have people guarding the posts. Then there's just another ball that went past uh, Putna. And then Marcelo Silva kicked someone in the face while he was on a yellow card. Uh, didn't get a yellow card because the ref felt bad for us. Mm-hmm. Um, That's got to be it, right? I, I, mean, I mean, there really wasn't that, a whole lot of other excuses. I mean, Dunny mentioned it on the broadcast. If that's a closer game, you'd, you'd have to think that he gives him a second yellow because there's no, I mean, literally it's, it's, it's insulting to not receive a yellow there. That's how bad the balance of this game was because if the ref's not giving you a yellow there, like, and the, you know, the people aren't clamoring for that yellow, like Vancouver probably was pretty indifferent at that point. They're pretty ecstatic that they're just going to win their third home game in a row. Um, against an opponent that's beat them pretty badly this last time. Um, yeah, it's pretty insulting for you to not receive a yellow card on something like that because it's just like, that's just clearly a pity, <laughs> a, like a pity move. And then we end up scoring off of a um, Anderson Julio comes on as our last sub, I believe. Yep. Um, no. After Everton came on after oh, after Anderson that. Julio did. Ch- Chang was our first sub on. Yep. And I'm I like Michael Chang. I'm not sure if he is the best option. If we're going to put Anderson Julio on the bench, I would probably like to see him before Chang or even Just simultaneous, purely. right? We've got three sub windows. Let's, let's use the three. Yeah, yeah the subs Everyone, were he came in. Subs were six minutes I think it was apart. Like a Ten minutes. At, yeah. yeah. OK, six minutes. I was like, why? I mean, Anderson Julio just has a way of, you know, making certain things happen. I think he's. I don't know. He and he and Menendez, uh, Menendez had a cross or a pass into Julio that got deflected off of a Vancouver defender off the post, right to Anderson Julio scores, and then it's four one. So it was nearly we, like a truly beautiful own goal. And I, <laughs> I'm glad awesome. Anderson Julio scored that. Um, I'm very pleased for him. I think I like him as a player. I think he should be playing more. But if that had been an own goal, I would have been so excited. It was so funny. It was just tremendous. Like, <laughs> would have been like top corner. Just like, can't ask for a better angle. I love when that happens. 
I like, yeah, I think those are amazing when they do. So I was, I was also disappointed that, um, that did not just fly top bins yeah. off the defender because it was close. So one thing so, that, yeah. that killed me Bad. about this, uh, so we, we subbed early and there was a lot of positive reaction because we substituted in the 60th minute. Gonna say we did not sub early. <laughs> no, no, not particularly. It like was a, relatively, a time. relative to the rest of the season, maybe. But yeah, we, we didn't 60, sub particularly late. Sixty first um, minutes, pretty bang on. But I think that was a pretty poor use of substitutions from yes, from uh, Pablo Mastroeni. I, I hate that I have to say that. That was the point <laughs> that I was gonna make about Chang coming on. Oh, I also love Chang. I love Chang and I like seeing him play and I want him to play more and I'm not opposed to Anderson Julio getting more minutes and more playing time, but I don't know. It seemed like those were two subs that were just like, well, we need more offense. Let's get some offensive guys forward. Oh, and what did they do, Trevor? Uh, Well, they immediately gave up a third goal after the first sub. And then they well, immediately gave up a fourth goal after the second sub. <laughs> Who came in for one of our midfielders? Was it Chang or was it Julio? Julio came in for Beasler. Which okay, seems so we like went back to not our... really a like-for-like substitution and no, not really we'll, we'll... A, what the game was calling for at all. Except we that like, Beasler that was do... not very good that yeah. game. He was really bad that game. So for in sure, fact... get Beasler off the game. But don't bring on like Julio isn't the guy you want to bring on there. To replace that's a right. bad Beasler. I mean, Tom Hackett was calling for Beasler to be taken off at halftime, which I, I mean, I agreed with. I didn't think Tom was pretty sure it was going to happen. I did not think it was going to because no. that almost never happens with this team. But I Beasler was was pretty, pretty, pretty bad in the first half. He had some really bad giveaways just outside the 18 that were just like, dude. Like, if you think there's going to be a risk of you turning the ball over right here, you need to just not be playing that pass and just be booting it because it was, it was, it was, it was not Nick's. I think it was one of his worst games of the season. And I've been generally pretty okay with Nick being uh, a starter, which is funny. But anyway. Yeah. It's just like you were about to say, like, that's just one of the substitutions that like unbalances the team. Mm-hmm. Dunny was talking about in that like five striker formation or whatever we yeah, do. Like Dunny was talking about like finding the right balance of substitutions, and that's one that just like unbalances everything. Like it, yeah, it, yeah. it basically puts us into that five striker thing that has literally never worked for this team. We had such a hard time in the midfield in the first half, just controlling the ball, and yeah. so it's really wild to see us be like, let's do that, but one fewer person in there. But also, you're going like, to put on. Chang and Julio, who are like good players, but they're not really like ball possessing midfielders. No, like they're, the, they're the guys that are gonna like give the ball away, not because like they're bad at soccer, but because they're attacking players. So they're gonna put in crosses, they're gonna put in shots, they're gonna make try to make key passes, you know, pass through the lines, yeah. that kind of stuff, which is stuff that very shortly after leads to turnovers. So, like, if we have a whole bunch of turnovers and we're not possessing in the midfield, those aren't the guys that are going to suddenly bring that balance and keep us possessing the, the ball. Like, that's not – yeah. Right. It, it wasn't the substitute that the game was calling for, I thought, at all. The only sub that I think he got kind of right was bringing on Everton because we were clearly – I don't want to say clearly better, but we seemed to be better with Everton on the field this game. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> 
<laughs> so like that one was kind of right, but that one came in the 79th minute. We could have used that at like the 60th or the 45th or something like that. Yeah. But whatever. Huh. I also so, don't really want to, I mean, I'm saying this after we've talked about it for 10 minutes. I don't really want to talk too much about this game because like I, said, I think this whole game was just a throwaway game. I think we were going to have a bad result almost no matter who we played or what. And I think it's just a symptom of Pablo not being able to prepare the team because of what Freddie did to the team. Like this, this weekend was just kind of a throwaway for the, for the team. So this, this brings me back to um, before the game, uh, multiple players or, or at least one player, Albert Rusnak talked about how, you know, everyone at the team had been through, something like this before where a coach leaves usually they're fired and never are they going quitting to join in this like as an assistant at a rival but uh, maybe it's a little high-minded of me to consider seattle a rival still uh they certainly don't yeah. consider us well, one it's it's a right. it's a western conference team like yeah no for sure but uh, it's not like i mean when we were meeting Portland and Seattle and the and LA and the in the playoffs every year, like those three teams were no, sure. like, it, it's we... not like a standings rivalry. Like it's not an important matchup at this point. But like I said, it's a Western Conference team. Like that's who we're competing against, especially this yep. season yep. where all of our games except for two are against Western Conference opponents. Like Yeah. Yeah. So uh also joining that that idea was uh, Masterini himself. Like, hey, I've been with this team, you know, all year. This shouldn't be a problem. Um, and I think we had one more player talk about it. I don't remember who it would have been. Um, but it, it was very uh, so. So it's fair to say this team was not prepared for this match. Yeah, and uh, appeared a little shell shocked. Um, and it was it, it weird to me that they'd say all that before, and it. It sounded pretty genuine, and I wonder if they genuinely thought, like, oh, most players aren't, you know, we're not going to be affected by this. It's fine. We can keep going forward. Uh, or if, you know, it was just a quote for, for the local paper. I don't know. What do I you mean, guys think? I think it's definitely one of those cases where, like, the team is probably, like, coached on what they should be answering to those questions you know what i mean and it feels like even if they're not coached like that's obviously the answer you're not gonna like get asked how this is gonna affect the game and be like oh i don't know this is a really messed up situation can you believe it right before a game oh how are we gonna handle it like you're not gonna get (laughs) a player coach giving that answer i wish it'd be funny so like it's it's the expected answer like this is like this isn't what we expected right instead it's like oh this is business as usual yeah, and like it and it's just it's obviously so, wasn't like it's I hate definitely one of those. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> definitely so one of those useful. like actions speak louder than words situations. Like, yeah, they talked to talk before the game, but they did not walk to walk during the game. Like, two different yeah. stories were being told. So the other thing, oh, yeah. Kyle, you've got something. What no, I, I agree. I think I, th- I mean the performance speaks for itself. We had not lost by more than one game or one goal all season. That was the first time we'd lost by more than one goal all year. Yeah. And it was nearly by four goals. So they can say what they want. And I'm sure, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know how that doesn't have at least some type of 
even if it's just for one game, some type of psychological impact or mental or emotional impact on you that's just like, whatever. Like, I don't, I mean, yep. Vancouver clearly wanted it more. And uh, Freddie clearly wanted to be somewhere else more than he wanted to stay. So, <laughs> yeah. like, desires uh, often reflect themselves in actual behavior. So, oh. I'm going to write that on an inspirational poster. <laughs> well, uh, the other thing that comes to mind about all this for me is one thing Rusnak says, said, uh, I think it was after the match. Uh, and it said he, he said he wasn't able to talk to all the guys about, about Freddie's exit. Um, and it made me wonder the way we played, uh, the, like the clear, like nervousness, the lack of concentration made me think that maybe he had talked to like one or two guys. Um, but this is one area where I think having like a good captain actually matters um, because you've got a, like a clear representative of the team that can guide the team through those things. If that had been Kyle Beckerman, we know that he would have uh, either talked to everybody, talked to everybody as a group individually. I don't know what it would have been, but like you can be sure that he would have you know, rounded things together and at least tried something right and tried to to offer a little inspiration or something he, he, like this the, team is he no stranger brought, to coaching changes he, he would have brought <laughs> cohesiveness to the team and yeah yeah to your point i i don't know that albert did that at all no at least the evidence shows right? that he like, didn't and yeah no you're exactly right i don't think that that's albert's game i don't think that's a that's albert's strength yeah, and I don't think that and, we're like really asking that of Albert, but it does point out that like making him the captain kind of has right? kind of has consequences. Yeah, and and I think I mean we talked about this a little bit during the game. Um, I made a joke about how like having Demir on the field doesn't make Putna a better goalkeeper, but I mean I, I see where people are coming from. Where it's like if you have Demir playing in that game, maybe we don't get scored on four times yeah. in a row. Yeah, well, I think that's if he's on the road trip, maybe he works with the players, right? Yeah, even just having him there as a shadow captain, if you will, yeah, makes a difference. Because, like, I mean, yeah, I like, I get way more. I'm, I'm, I'm far more at ease when I hear Demir talk about this club than. I mean, I mean, come on! Like, did anyone read what Demir said about? his all-star appearance like come on tell me that guy is not just like he was was born to be like that type of like captain for the team whether or not he's the he's got the band or whatever like just go read what he had to say about his all-star appearance and just be and just like bask in how lucky we are to have a person like that and having someone like that around makes a difference like it makes a difference for me just reading what he's saying about the club and how i feel about the club yeah and I th- I mean I I think that there's a good chance that Albert being captain was done to help challenge him for this season. And I think what's actually made the more of the difference ended up being him being snubbed from his national team rather than the captaincy. Yep. But like I think that Albert I don't know just uh, I I like Albert I think he's I think he's a good player I like that he's on our team. Um, I'm not so sure that I uh, would pick him as the having the personality or the personality type to be the captain yeah that's just what it is and in like 95 percent of instances i don't think the captain matters that much 
But I think, yeah. like, especially we've got a lot of young players around. Uh, we've got players who haven't been through this quite as much. Although, again, what, you know, we, we fired Mike Pecky. Um, that's very different than a coach quitting on you. Um, and I'm yeah. sure from a, like a morale perspective, that's very different. Um, but that's like going through that change. And a fair few of these players were on that team. I'd, I'd argue most. I don't haven't done the numbers, so maybe I'm wrong. But I, I think most. Yeah, I think most also. So it's it's tough for me. Um, I don't know. But then that's uh, also where you'd hopefully expect great player motivator Pablo Mastroeni to cover some ground. Yeah, which we've heard I, all season I, about how Pablo is a great motivator and unifier a, and all of those good things. The locker room guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's brings the fire. That's what was the case for bringing him in. This, the fact that we're stuck here with Pablo at this point, it's based on how this season has, based on his hiring, how the season has gone, Freddie leaving, and now Pablo's the interim head coach is one of the most just absurd timelines ever. But I, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, if he's really got that in him, it didn't show that game. But I mean, I'm willing to say that game was just a wash because players found out two days before that their coach was getting uh or was quitting on them so yeah it would be very different um, we'll if they see. were getting fired right which we saw yeah. with vancouver uh because their, yeah their coach was fired probably unjustifiedly um yep. Did you get something fired going on for inside. the results in the canadian like the joke cup that they do among canadian teams well did you see the i didn't realize this but vancouver like they tweeted out something and i pointed it out they're on a nine game unbeaten streak in MLS, which like unbeaten streaks in soccer are like not as impressive as they sound. Right. But you don't fire a coach on a nine game unbeaten streak. Right. Jeff Kassar had like a 13 game unbeaten streak for us, but like but we didn't fire I him swear in the middle of it. Of, <laughs> I'm saying like two thirds of those were draws, but yeah. yeah, you don't fire someone in the middle of that. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was an insane thing to fire him um, because they had an, an entirely unfair start to the season playing in uh here <laughs> as their home games. Yeah. yeah it's just like they were they played road games for two-thirds of the season so far so like um yeah it's not fair i i and but their team has responded super well regardless i they've continued being on the similar trajectory they were on and then they came across us and we were in no position to adequately respond to the circumstances in front of us and we lost bad so yeah moving yeah. on moving on sorry Trevor, <laughs> we talked about the game sorry no it's fine i just i don't think there's anything more to say about the game yeah i agree yeah i want to draw all sorts of things from it but there you're right there's nothing and uh pablo did say he's not he wants to not do zonal marking on corners. I don't know who asked him. Maybe it was Tom, but I think it was Tom. Uh, I think it was, I think it was Lucas actually. Oh, was it Lucas? I feel like it was Lucas. Special I, correspondent. We'll say it was Lucas. I thought I remembered seeing a tweet from Tom being so happy that he got a good question and answer. I remember out of Tom. Pablo. I, I remember Tom celebrating the response, but it was also after Lucas tweeted out what the yeah. interaction. I don't know who asked it. I, it doesn't slash, really matter who asked it, to be honest. It's good to hear that he yeah. thinks that the thing that we suck the most at is a thing that we should improve. Yeah, and he said that he just didn't have time to implement a change, which is fair yeah, because sure. Freddie quit on Friday morning. So, so I re- I'm, I'm going to disagree slightly. Not 
uh, with the joy about cutting out zonal marking. And that's that we, I don't think we're going to be that good, not zonal, like man to man. No, like it's, we, we still can't communicate. We still oh, will have we're... Andrew Putna or a 16 year old in goal. That's like right. those are our two options right now. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if they can't communicate and if they can't lead like from a corner, uh, we will concede again. And maybe it'll be we zonal marking, maybe it won't. Uh, but it, no, it'll be down to individual fair. mistakes like most corners. And I, yeah. I honestly think most of our corner mishaps happened while we were zonally marking, but I don't think they were uh, solely the cause of zonal marking. That's fair. Yeah. I guess we'll see what happens when we no longer do zonal, zonal marking yeah. and we keep getting scored on. So. Yeah. Could just be that we're right. just a bad team. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, you know, as we've started playing more road games, our uh, record has gone, has, has dropped and uh, we're starting to look a little worse. Which you know, maybe all those home games kind of makes did a little bit points. Yeah. of sense and was kind yeah. of predictable. <laughs> yep. All right. So, um, do we want to touch very briefly on Dallas? Uh, just a run through of players who were definitely out and probably out. Yes, we played Dallas on Saturday at home, and Dallas is still pretty good right now. Um, They've been like trash on the season, but yeah. have been pretty good as of late. Yeah, uh, that young kid Peppy, uh, he's been doing good. He just did. He just have a. I know he scored over the weekend. He also scored the winning goal against the Liga MX All Stars. But yeah, he scored the winning penalty. He but, scored twice, but they were also playing Austin FC. Oh yeah, Austin sucks. Yeah, uh, they yeah there was like eight goals in that game. Yeah, so again, I mean Dallas has been bad overall in the season. They've had a better run of form lately, but. Assuming, as Pablo said, things won't really change, um, I would expect us to, again, win this game at home as we should be winning games at home. So, Yeah, we should. Um, I would just say like it's, it's important to note that their team... It's not really important to note, but it's fun to note that their team like generally is bad, and that's not really a symptom of like the talent or the coaching of the team. I think it's more symptomatic just the age of the team. Like their star players are like Jesus Ferreira, uh, Ricardo Pepe, uh, Paxton Pomacall. Um, you know, like those are their they're all ancient, kind, kind they're of all the like drivers 15. of their offense, and they are like <laughs> all nineteen and younger. So like yeah, they're super young, but they're also like just incredibly talented players. Like there was a lot of talk yeah, on Ricardo Twitter. Pepe just committed to the United States, also yeah. over Mexico. There right. was talk of uh, him leaving the team, leaving Dallas at the end of the summer, being like the next five to ten million dollar player that they sell, and like yeah. he's good enough that that I believe that realistic, right? Yeah, yeah. and he, he he's a FC Dallas Academy kid, also. Yeah. So, so while they have been bad on the season, they are only two points behind us, and we have one game <laughs> in hand. So yeah, yeah well, we've also been bad. Yeah, just just yeah, a, no. a noteworthy thing. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. What a what a season, guys. Oh boy. All right. So here's the list of players that were out last time. Let's just quickly go through each and say whether we think they'll be out again. Uh, Zach Farnsworth, the center back who signed from the academy that <laughs> has been injured a, the whole time. I thought he was a goalkeeper. No, no, that's uh, Drew, that's 
Um, no, I just Deuce no, no, Deuce, I, I knew about Deuce. I just Deuce thought Nip. we had four goalkeepers because I'm an idiot. Don't worry about it. We, we do have four: four, Putnam, McMath, yeah. Deuce, Nip, oh, and no, 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 Ochoa. Sorry, I thought we had four. Five? Yeah, never mind. I thought we had five. That'd I thought we had wild. a lot of goalkeepers. Four is still a lot, but I guess we need them. <laughs> Not when you're down three. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, Farnsworth, safe to say, he's out. Um, Andrew Brody. Yeah. Um, so get the pins removed from his pinky toe. Yep. So that's good. So he's on Out. the road to recovery, which is good. Yeah. That is, that's, yeah, that's delightful. Uh, David Ochoa. I'm not holding my breath. Um, I don't know. I want, I really want to say he'll play, uh, but I'm, I don't know. I'm very much in, I'll believe it when I see it mode. With David Ochoa right now. I'm going to be optimistic and say I'm guessing that he does play this game. All right. That sounds nice. That does sound nice. Uh, Jason (laughs) Ramirez. Next. Uh, I hope he does well for the Monarchs that day. Yeah. Uh, Zach McMath. Nope. Which we know. Meniscus. Bobby Wood. I think he'll be back. Dang it. He he will not be back. Are you telling me that or are you just predicting that? I'm predicting based on Brian Dunseth saying he will not be back. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think he said, I think he said he won't be. I, I, I could have sworn he said it'll be like a couple of weeks, but. Okay. Uh, yep. Uh, well, I think there's nothing to worry about. Aaron. Oh boy. This is a scary one. I, I'm going to guess that he will be back. If he's not, then assuming we've got another issue. Assuming the team was telling the truth. With their half truth of him skipping the game due to a turf precaution, there's no reason for us to think he will not be back, except for every other thing, every other thing that's happened this season with the injury yeah. report. <laughs> Besides oh. that massive caveat, we have no reason to believe that he's not going to be there. Oh, yeah. Geez. Any other players that should be on our questionable slash out list that we know of right now? No, I kind of feel like this should be instead of like an injury report, this is going to be mean, but it should be like, does it matter if they're there or not? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, because there's like yeah. three players on the injury report that like I care about or I think will affect this game in any way whatsoever. Like Zach Farnsworth, happy for you, but like we're, yeah. we were never going to see Zach Farnsworth this season. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, maybe is he left footed? He could play left footed center back. <laughs> Jason Ramirez is not going to make an impact on this team this year for sure. No, Andrew Brody, we know that his... he's been out and he's going to be out. So I, it would be nice to have him, but until he's even Gosh, a I'm lot closer, Soverino. I'm not really worried about Brody. Soverino. Give me Soverino back. Yeah. What's Soverino up to? Is he, uh, he's winning the Brazilian title or whatever. I'm pretty sure his team's in the, in the Copa. final. Playing the uh, Copa. They're in the final. They beat um did they beat River or Boca? They beat one of those teams. I'm I thought they sure. beat River to get to the semifinal. They what's beat the one st- of those what's teams. What's the name of his team? Atletico? Atletico. Atletico, Atletico MG. Miniero. Yeah. Miniero. Miniar whatever. I don't know. Pronunciation pronunciation podcast uh in full effect here. That's right. All right. Well anyway, wish him well. I suppose that uh, does that wrap up the pod? 
I think that does. I think that does it. We did go pretty long this evening. But they play think, uh, their semifinal is against Palmeiras, and they play it uh, the f- first leg. First leg is the twenty first of September all in right. the Copa Libertadores. Lovely. Wait, Good for them. Is it is it the twenty first day of September? Is that what the the song is? I always forget. What Do you remember? No, it's the uh, the twenty first day of September. Yeah, that's got to be it. I'm pretty sure yeah. it's not that. <laughs> It is. Hold on. We, that's, we have to look up these lyrics. I was going to say, we, it's the day <laughs> it that... It's the 21st night of September. It was just the joke you said, the day. Yeah, it's the 21st night. Yeah, because that's the summer, that's the uh, equi- that's the uh, equinox or whatever. Oh, is that why that's in the song? Isn't that it? Isn't that why? I uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you remember right. 21st night of September? Love was changing the minds of pretenders while chasing the clouds away. Our hearts were ringing in the key that our souls were singing as we danced in the night, remember? Yeah. I, don't know, I stopped looking at the lyrics. I'm not going to finish oh, it. It's <laughs> just one more until the chorus. Sorry. How the stars stole the night away. Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite Beautiful. days of the year just because of, uh, oh, I always forget his name, but that guy on Twitter Demi. that does the Demi. It's Demi. Yeah. Always does the 21st stuff. Did he say he was going to do it this year or that he was done doing it after last year? I'm assuming he'll keep doing it. I thought he, I thought he said that he was done doing videos. it. And then after that, everybody was like, no, please. And he was like, okay, if you donate $50,000 oh, to right. this thing, I'll do it again. And then we donated. We it, He got like $130,000. And he's like, oh, okay, I guess we'll keep doing it. To whatever charity cool. it was that he was doing. I don't remember. It was a good charity. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I hope he does yeah, it Demi's again. Demi's awesome. Because those are always the best. I like Demi a lot. All right, well. I guess now's when we say goodnight. Yes. So. Good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Good night. <laughs>